Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Get a 30-day free trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Ben Howarth. And I'm Trevor Flynn. And welcome to the episode where the Movie Gang Podcast blows its own brains out. (laughs) We're, of course, this week reviewing Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Mother! (laughs) And we gotta get out of here on time, so we are just gonna get right into this. Uh, A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. From filmmaker Darren Aronofsky, Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, Mother... Very important to add that exclamation mark stars Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, Michelle Pfeiffer, and this riveting psychological thriller about love, devotion, and sacrifice. Of course, it's more about, it's literally, like, I don't want to give away spoilers ahead. It's really just an allegory for the book of Genesis, and uh, I guess a little bit more than Genesis. because The I mean, whole I'm, Bible. The whole yeah, thing. the whole Bible, because it's really He's like, like the let's ending. Make the Bible in a house. Like yeah, that's pitch. it is literally the whole Bible done in a house. Like you have you have the flood, you have Jesus when they eat the baby, which yep. is just the most Now guys, I'm going to stop you right there. There are multiple readings to this film. Come on, like but uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I, I, I I'm sorry. Like I've been seeing these readings going around and these interpretations and like I I I think that it may be a flaw of this film that there's such a strong central interpretation like you have yeah. to you're gonna have to work hard to make me like get away from my current interpretation that's that's fair i'm uh, i'll um okay <laughs> <laughs> strap in folks yeah strap in this is gonna get ethereal all right so jennifer lawrence character is playing uh, i'm just gonna try to do some extra summary bits to try to make it try to i was like, gonna say that of, summary is like the relationship is tested that's a little bit of an understatement <laughs> that's kind of an understatement he kills her child uh, like let's let's uh, let's go in here. Uh, I'm, let me let me go. I'm gonna try to lay out as best as best I can. I am a human. I am not a. I am not God. Uh, I cannot. I cannot <laughs> properly lay body. out exactly what happens. I didn't understand mother. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but one of the things. So the important <laughs> thing here is that it begins with like Javier Bardem placing down this uh, kind of this uh, this crystal figurine, which you know is a globe, and and it kind of it suggests that uh, Jennifer Lawrence, you literally see in the beginning of the movie, form in the bed, and then it's suggested that you know they're in a relationship, and uh, the whole movie is 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 kind of a kind of an allegory, and at, over time, like the allegory breaks down into more surrealism as more and more happens, and what happens is that like you know it suggests that they have a relationship, but Javier Bardem, who is very clearly a god, and that's confirmed by Darren Aronofsky. Oh, that was totally um, his intention. It, yeah. it, well, it's more confirmed yeah. because he literally says that you note that all the characters' names in the final uh, in the final credit sequences are not uh, capitalized, capitalized except right. for him. Which is, and he says, who else gets a big capital uh, for their name? That's, of course, God. So it's clear oh, that Javier Bardem's character yeah, okay. is, I mean, at the very least, we, we can all agree on that. Like, there's no... Agreed, yeah. I mean, the title of the film is even lowercase, like, noticeably lowercase for that reason, I think. Right, so, and, and he yeah. draws attention to that and the punctuation of the, of the exclamation mark as an important factor into what his, like, universe is happening. So anyways... 
Javier Bardem is God, and from Jennifer Lawrence's interviews, we can definitely interpret that she's somehow representative of Mother Nature and Earth itself, and the Earth being the house. And and that's the thing is she was described as her character as being like, I am one with the house. I'm making like a beautiful paradise, uh, and her interpretation varies far from like kind of the Garden of Eden and kind of everything else. And it's I think it's important that kind of when they're cast out, Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer are cast out. It's because they break that object which is similar to the object that's kind of inside uh jennifer lawrence's character so i I interpret her as eden but i think that there's no real purpose in interpreting her because i think she's supposed to mean all of the above and that's where it gets like the the metaphors break down because because like later there's there's a lot more like modern style riots there's like, like these crazy riots that start happening in the house and then she has jesus so it doesn't quite work with that in terms of like and then right after jesus dies the apocalypse happens so like again the metaphor doesn't like quite right work right, 100% right 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 no, because no, like yeah. the religion is formed before jesus but jesus is really the big part of the religion you know what i mean so like it is one of those things where it's like the metaphor doesn't work 900 percent perfectly right uh but it's very clear like especially like the, the 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 infamous scene that we're all sort of talking around of right. them literally eating I, I really, the babies really, like that's 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 communion right there. Like I really just want to say now, if we talk about the baby for the rest of this movie, I want to just refer to it as Jesus. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> like just so we're extra abominable. Right, and then there's um, <laughs> like a very clear Cain and Abel. Where I didn't realize this, they actually are two actual brothers, Dom Hall yeah, Gleason and yeah, Brian Gleason. So yeah, cool. and, like, and not to be offensive, but the other Dom Hall Gleason's brother like lost that genetic war. I'm just saying. I know he looked at nothing like. I was <laughs> like I, actually in the movie i remember watching it i was like they cast really poorly this guy doesn't look anything like Donald Gleason, but they actually are brothers. they are actual brothers and then and then Oops, you know sorry. i was like i was like damn did they just find somebody with red hair like that was on set because he's not <laughs> i don't think i don't think he's like a great actor like he's definitely like um i forget who oh my god i'm such a bad i'm such a bad christian i can't remember who murdered her between cain and abel sarah who in cain and cain abel, slew abel cain the mark of cain is cain cain murdered abel Cain's yeah. new Abel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Cain. Yeah, yeah. Mark of Cain. Yeah. Duh. duh. Okay. Because um, <laughs> Abel is Abel. Haha. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. You uh, killed it. You but, killed it. But anyways, yeah. So so the movie continues on as with like a loose-based metaphor. And then eventually what happens is it's revealed that, you know, it kind of creeps you out uh, uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, there's these people that come and they're, you know, Ed Harris is clearly the representative of Adam. You know, he has a rib removed and then Michelle Pfeiffer, who is representative of Eve, you know, shows up the next day. Um, I have to admit that the rib for me is kind of, again, where the metaphor breaks down is a little too literal. Right. Uh, Yeah. um, And maybe, and maybe that's the thing is like, you know, this, 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 this is pushing the shit out of allegory. Like this movie (laughs) is like at times. And and that's the thing is I think that like, maybe like allegories, like the cave, like Plato's cave, like have like a core theme and like have a point. And maybe like, this is in terms of like very specifically pushing the terminology and use of allegory. Cause at times it is very goddamn literal. Okay, this is what um, I want to ask both of y'all because uh, I have a I have a very I had a very different experience. Um, how how much did the allegory hit home to you during the film? How much were you like, oh, as Jesus? Yeah, okay. Like, as soon how, as how, as soon as the older brother killed the other, I was like, oh, yeah, there. that the the okay. Cain and Abel was pretty there. And here's the thing, I'll say, um, I picked up on a lot of biblical references. I did not like it at the end of that movie. And then I went and read about it and I've, and I came back around to sort of liking it. Interesting. I, I, uh, well, I want to hear your take first, Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. Let's not, let's not Trevor go. 
I will. I I just need to put this out there for y'all. Uh, going into discussing this, uh, full disclosure, I I whether because I have this thing where despite my critic brain, I get so invested in a movie that I just forget to notice things like this, or mm-hmm. because the the movie connected with me emotionally much stronger for a different reason with a different reading. I did not see any of these things. <laughs> like the closest I got to realizing what how strong the allegory was was like okay maybe this is the only house in the world jennifer lawrence is the house and there's that one shot uh aronofsky sets up where you're looking up at rvr bardem with like a basically a halo of light around his head i was like oh, okay he could be god yeah i guess that's one direction all this could be going like that i, I you know it, that that was obvious enough to uh, me that i had to be uh, like oh okay maybe you know I, but for me it was the communion did you not get the communion one well see and that's the thing for me when it when it started when he started founding a religion that was just an extension uh well intentionally or otherwise that was just an extension of the conceit of his ego as a creator and an artist for me in that reading like i didn't i saw relig- you know the religious symbolism there obviously but i didn't specifically connect it with a christian cosmology well, that the whole the movie turns of... out to be grounded in. I mean, uh, maybe this is just me because Aronofsky's last movie was literally Noah's Ark. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like he. Just I had read no the idea Bible. that was him. I <laughs> yeah. can't believe that was him. <laughs> like I, can... I, I think he just read the Bible and got really into it lately. Like he didn't. Right, like, like, like he did Requiem for a Dream, and now it's Noah's Ark and Mother. Like I feel like, like um, literally depicts the birth of Christ and him getting eaten by people. Yeah. Uh, I can see where it comes from, Trevor, because I definitely think there is a second reading of this film, as for me at least, of of like a, an interesting idea of God as this of a poet. You know, basically that that God needs an audience and God needs people to listen to him and God needs, even though they end up inevitably, the whole thing is like, it's all cyclical and that it's all going to happen again. And man's going to destroy themselves all over again, but he just needs it. He needs people in his house. As he says, he can't just, uh, he feels unfulfilled just being him and mother earth. He needs, so it's sort of like an explanation of why life exists in general. And it's sort of a similar, I guess, idea of, of, of writing that you, I guess you know you you write and then you become famous and then people overanalyze you and like destroy you. I guess, but uh, again, that metaphor doesn't quite work for me either. It's 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 always been my problem with Aronofsky, uh, even though I like him and I do like many of his films. It's it's that he's very uh, what's the word thunderous? You know, like it is it is full <laughs> yeah, force. No. Like and no the one, movie is in I'm your not face. sure what he's. <laughs> I'm not sure me, what he said, but I know he fucking said the shit out of it. Dude. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> let me ask. Let me ask you this, Ben. Um, where does that reading of the film break down for you in terms of the the metaphor for the artist narrative? I guess the, as it goes along, like I don't really get why it destroys itself. You know, the end for me. I guess that's probably where it comes for me. It's like. I don't get where all the riots like that's where it makes more sense to be religious than it makes sense to be a, a writing metaphor because when like all the people start coming into the house and, yeah, when, yeah when they like start executing people and then when they eat the child I guess I guess that's my thing is maybe the child is too on the nose for me yeah and like very, I would be yeah I, and, and that's the thing is like I, I think that all of that what you're describing is in play. Trevor, I just don't think I feel like you. We can you. There is an argument to be said. It's not in play. There is no argument that that is not communion. And that's the thing is like at the no, point. No, I hits, wouldn't argue that it is. Ma- yeah. At the point that it starts getting that surreal, I think there is a mild breakdown in the artist me- metaphor, and it goes full allegorical. 
Well, what we're doing is conflating or not literal because <laughs> it's pretty yeah, literal. You're 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 conflating surrealism and literalism to an extent. Maybe that is just Aronofsky, but like for me, surrealism. No, I'm not, can't I'm not be complaying. I'm saying that's, why, that that's two... my problem. Is maybe not surreal enough, honestly. Exactly, and yeah. and that's my point. Is that like literally the the uh, the allegory is less becomes from a surrealist from an allegory standpoint it becomes less allegorical and very literal and from the standpoint of the writer creator it becomes very literal in terms of what is it comes like in terms of the right like it like the the poet side of it breaks down entirely he's no longer just a poet that's not normal like it, it loses it gets too surreal for the poet side and too literal for the direct allegorical interpretation i don't know for me I, the the egoism of uh, of an artist like is never ending to me, and it is like a toxic force to the extent that it never like yeah, whatever the so- people invade, and like he gives his child over to them that you know could be read and and I and I'm not arguing that it's not there literally with the Christian themes and everything. It's just that it, it's still a strong enough reading of the film for me for me to make that in line with like for instance. You know, um, the child of a celebrity artist being torn to shreds, like by the media, for instance. And, okay, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I gotta, I gotta. Hit okay, go, please, I, I'm not please, sure what you're ahead. saying, <laughs> and I think the big thing here is like, are you saying that you disagree with the interpretation that he is God? No, I'm not saying I out and out dis- disagree with that interpretation. I think it's the interpretation he intended. I'm saying the the reading that I read into the film and my experience of it for me that he may not have intended was is much stronger than the, the interpretation and the reading he actually intended of the film. Right. I think, I think it's, but maybe it's like allegory of, of the book allegory of an artist. Like it's an interpretation of God. Like it's not a literal interpretation of the book of Genesis. It's an interpretation of God, of one perspective of God creating the world or why he did. Right. And, and that's and, and that's the thing. It's recreating. It's recreating the sacrifice of Jesus as this as this big. It's, it's interpreting God as an artist to me. Like that's, right. And that's and I think that's I think that's the point. Is it's both there. Like it's not. It's boring if it's just an allegory, and it's a bad allegory if it is. Like it's actually saying other things by by both being an allegory and then riffing on said allegory. Jesus Christ! There's so much goddamn shit going on in this. Movie. Well, I have something I, I, I want to. Uh, ask if that's all right is, is do you guys think that the film would have worked better if it was more contained like the first half because as much as i really enjoyed the visual uh challenges of having like entire riots and wars inside this one house and it's sort of an interesting idea i felt the f- film was much stronger when it was just ed harris and and michelle pfeiffer oh, fuck invading yeah. their house fuck yeah. and and slowly yeah. destroying everything, and it felt like it just ramped up to nine hundred. And like the as soon as she was, no, uh, it, a pregnant. it felt. It felt. St- I'm sorry, the baby bit was stupid. <laughs> it was like it was, like it was I, a I, lot. It it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me, Ben. It just doesn't make sense. Like you could have had a. There's so many ways you could have done that without having a baby like get its head snapped. and i'm not even like i'm not even like offended by like the like yes it is a literal interpretation of like the passion of the christ that's fine like you can do that i get yeah. that it's just it <laughs> you didn't have hey first i mean you definitely didn't have to show the mutilated corpse like it doesn't add anything and and also like i just think like it was just too literal and it's just it just it was just like it, it sounds like so, you're implying the literalism is just there for shock value which i wouldn't entirely disagree with i mean n- i definitely some of it 
Like, yeah. Like Kristen Wiig of, shooting people in the head is like, well, you know we like Kristen Wiig and it's weird to watch her execute people, you know? Like, Here's my thing with Aronofsky, just in at least the context that I know him in. Like, it doesn't, because he is presenting like such an intellectual statement i mean you can that, that's a loaded phrase but you know you know what i mean like his con it's so high concept on one level that the extremes to which he takes his themes graphically visually are acceptable or at least it was acceptable to me in this viewing because it makes you know a the the escalation of all that makes a dumb line like you know you never love actually loved me you just loved that i loved you like that's such <laughs> wait you know, and I said it that way on purpose. Like that sounds like just you know speaking the subtext like a real like bad you know just like first draft of a college play type line. But like the escalation and the and the visual extreme to which he takes his film and his language is what makes that line work for me. And I don't feel like it would have worked as strongly I, I if he think, didn't push it all the way. I think that's a good point, Trevor, actually. Like, are we taking him more serious as an artist because of the extremity of which he would went to? Uh, I, think, I know that's I a still, slippery slope. Like, I know, I know, I know, I that's a slippery slope, and, and, but, but it, is a, it is a concern that I have, is that, like, am I paying more attention to Mother right now and talking about it incessantly because of the extremity to which it went? And I think that may be a fair criticism of me personally, at the same time, like I can't, I can't deny that at le- like Ben is also right, and that that first bit, and like I know, like some of the lines that Michelle, like like all of the actors that are doing are they're acting their ass off. And first off, like again, this is another like you know thing that like I really want, I really want fucking Jennifer Lawrence just to get older so she can start taking on these sort of roles the, and like people taking it more was serious. Address in this one, which I appreciated. They mentioned several times how he's much older than her, mm-hmm. and like it's sort of and purposeful. it's very purposeful. Yeah, it's yeah. very purposeful in suggesting that like you know God is this older man that comes to the party. <laughs> right. uh, which is like there's some there's some things in there that I really enjoy. I'm sorry, like I I think that like maybe like from my perspective like i did not like this movie and then like the allegorical association saved it a little bit for me in terms of like enjoying talking about it at the very least we have the total opposite reaction because i love the shit out of it and the religious allegory is the least interesting part for me <laughs> <laughs> no i agree i agree but you, you're not denying that religious allegory you're thinking like the passion of the artist is 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 kind of what's more well, interesting it's not just you. that too the feminist reading i really enjoyed and you and just just Casting it in this very basic conception, like this dualistic conception of gender is like women create this way and men create this way, stereotypically, traditionally, Oof, you know. And- I don't I don't know that I can accept that reading a little bit. I mean, I think there's like there's definitely a, like a strict sexism intake and it's definitely like this specifically like when they're beating Jennifer Lawrence up and like calling her a whore. And yeah. it's like their interpretation yeah. of her creation that she also gave and she just didn't give it willingly. And because she's not willing to literally sacrifice her baby, she's a whore. It's like, I do think that it's like, I do think that there is like, I, I'm not saying there isn't like a sexist and inter- feminism interpretation in this movie. I'm saying like, I'm not sure what's at play or, or what do you think? 
the conflation of that reading with and you know I'm, I'm saying conflation of readings so i don't know like critically how advisable that is but <laughs> for me the interplay between the feminist reading and all the religious imagery kind of implies that aronofsky is making a statement of how bad christianity has been for women <laughs> like that that's part of what i enjoy well about it. i mean that's sort of undeniable <laughs> like some subtext like like I don't, I don't mean to like i don't mean to like shit on you're, you're saying well you're yeah, obviously goal. like it doesn't you didn't no, need to make the movie but, to like... but it is like it is i, th- I don't mean okay I'm, first off i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna say christianity has undeniably been bad for women first off uh <laughs> second off i think that it more is like suggesting that the christian interpretation today is like inherently sexist in some ways or fashions uh you know i'm not necessarily sure when we were you know you know worshiping Achilles and like the Greek classical hero when strength was everything. And, you know, you beat women on their head and take them off into a bush was better in terms of versus Christianity. But like, let's not, let's not go there. But like, I think here, like, I think it is very strictly dealing with like mother nature and mother nature's personification. And I think it's the difference is like, it is an allegory, but then on top of it, it is something else. And I think that's maybe the issue with the confusion in this movie is that it's, it's, it's so much shit. (laughs) And I think that Ben's point about the self-contained bit is that when it's just working purely allegorical in the first half, um, and more like mm. it, it, like both purely allegorical and more as a, like an interpretation, it's easier to separate out what's going on. And then when shit goes to shit in the in like the third half, and it gets insane, yeah. like you have no idea what what he means then. Yeah, I yeah, mean, and, the, and, and, mm. and that's why for me, like I, I think it's just it's also another case of like. Um, everyone just gets lost at the end of that third act too, just in general. Like, you know, I was kind of disappointed that Michelle Pfeiffer never comes back. It felt like there was a lot that was sort of left unsaid and particularly all of her sort of interactions with her. And then we just go on this new, completely different diversion uh, towards the end. And it's funny too, that Michelle Pfeiffer is such more the focus of that first part too, when she's interacting with Jennifer Lawrence, like calling her setting and stuff. That's right. One question I couldn't answer that my uh, girlfriend argued to me when, we talked about the movie for an hour after it was like, why was Michelle Pfeiffer such a bitch to Jennifer Lawrence? Like why? Just like, what was the reason there? And I like, I like hypothesized like different, I don't know, like gender, like roles for women. And like, she represented one, whereas Jennifer Lawrence represented another. And, and, this is, and, like, and the problem is, for that is that I think that's the breakdown of your feminist reading of Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence being the feminist interpretation. Cause Michelle Pfeiffer is Eve. Like right. the point is that and that's like, the thing. Michelle, like, and Michelle Pfeiffer very yeah. literally commits the crime and, and like, right. and, and it, it's going from there. Yeah. And I guess like, and then, but in like the scenes with Michelle Pfeiffer and Jennifer Lawrence, there's a separation between womanhood and the earth. And that's, and that's my point to you is that like, you know, to work their core allegory, the feminization reading breaks down at points undeniable for me undeniably but i I don't mean to keep saying undeniably i don't want to you take what you i agree i I agree with trevor too that you take the reading you want to take and i know i'm like very aggressive about the religious reading it's just because some of things like you know you know well it's there there. (laughs) it's not like it's not there (laughs) that part is undeniable like let's yeah lawrence herself has said that you know like you know so like yeah lawrence and aronofsky to some extent i mean aronofsky's coy about it but like he's like i bet you can guess who that is based on that shot yeah (laughs) Uh, that was uh, that was a really bad (laughs) Uh, i'm uh, referencing the scene uh, where he's like looking up and he sees god and he's literally i mean uh, javier bardem and you literally see the halo around his head so yeah oh yeah yeah i um 
I guess I still just see it. And so in the third act, things get insane um, with like the war crime interpretation of religion and factions and all that shit. Like I, I get that. I still, for me, I guess it was still grounded enough in just like this constant ig- ignoring and like gaslighting of Jennifer Lawrence's uh, character to where I just was able to accept it right up to the end as like just an abusive relationship and it worked on a human level to me and I guess uh, to an extent that's, maybe that's the difference is because my I'm so into the religious reading that I like I feel like it does break down like Michelle Pfeiffer is an issue yeah I, right. yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is it, I can't yeah then then you sort of because Eve is a classic sort of temptress you know again a bad reading in the in the Bible where it's like, <sighs> you, you know, know Michelle sort of Pfeiffer problem. She she really fits Lilith better than she does Eve. Right. <laughs> even, right. So we, totally. we even see her have sex on top. Like it's it's all there. <laughs> Again, and that's where it's like, you know, like Jesus comes later and like Yeah. There, there is just Lilith. sort of this there's just sort of this hodgepodge thing and, and I guess, I guess also for me just like the terror of there's a more relatable terror of people invading your house. There's a natural human terror of I don't know you. I don't know why my partner brought you in here, and you are very destructive. <laughs> like there's a natural just like fear. At least I have of that. Of like you know someone coming to my house and breaking my shit. Like that is terrifying yeah. to me. And but, I think there's a more relatable fear to that than like a war breaking out inside of my house. Even yeah, though that's that, like I get the idea, and it's a big house, and then it becomes a small house when there's so many people inside of it. You know. And again, visually, that's a thing where it's like, I think he's yeah. trying to do two different things, which is the problem. Where like, there's like the first half of the movie where he's trying to make it more of this sort of uh, version of psychological horror and more of a feminist take and more of about like, you know, the, the, the fear being subservient and a man coming in and bringing people that kind of destroy your the sanctity of your, your you know, sort of central uh, place um, versus like, would it be awesome if there was a war inside of a house? Which I agree is cool, but like it, it's more of like a music video than a uh, than sort of a, a film uh, narrative that like sort of gets you. You know what I mean? I guess like I I, I guess like <laughs> don't I I, I get like I, I love you guys, but I feel like you're reaching for other narrative themes in this movie. There's the house has a heart. Like the it house has a, a beating heart. heart, like a literal beating heart. Well, and I understand. Your, like it's just, it's not. It's so on the nose about it that I think it's detrimental I, I to all your other things. Wait, I think well, that, how, like, how, what, you, what, what, how is the heart on the nose specifically? And what, in which reading? It's like, what it's, do you mean? it's like, like the house has a physical heart, and it's never explained. It's not like there's any in-universe reason for what is happening. It's only the only the only thing you're left there is allegorical strings to draw upon. Like it's like she burns to death, and he rips her heart out and rebuilds a house with magic. Like that, like that happens in the confines of this movie. Like there's no, there's no. In- universe reason for there just to be like a house and the things it's like and that's the thing is it's like he's built this on a sense of mystery and you have to go into this doing it and now now outside of the context like this like you know without the mystery like you know i'm kind of like you know why did you do that that's not good filmmaking to try to say that no spoilers is like interpreting this movie like you know going in no spoilers and raw is like the right way to do it i don't think that's i don't think that's I don't oh, think back up, back up. So movie. you're saying the mystery, like the mysteriousness of the universe, is is 
misleading in that it is so magically realism, whatever allegorical shit that there's no reason for it to be mysterious because it's just. But we, we get the op- we get the ending and the opening, like which what? No, he, I, he intentionally ramps up to it, and by the third act, he's being like very literal. I understand his thought process as to way the, the way the movie is worked. I just like. Going back and observing the movie in a vacuum, I just don't necessarily know that it works because he like it's clear that as a filmmaker and as a construction worker, he like he's not a construction as a film constructionist, whatever uh, terminology. Fuck you! Uh, <laughs> like like he just intended this to be gone in blind. Like he's he's so intended for this just to be seen blind. And I think that like the fact that it is is that this movie was intended to never be seen twice, and this movie was intended to just be seen blind and to go in with that kind of expectation because I haven't rewatched it, but just like going back and considering it and the way that it does, like there is so many plot holes in the allegorical sense from the first half in terms of like any other outside reading. Like this movie is so allegorical as to destroy the secondary reading that I think he intended, but it just can't flow for me. I I, I see all the point of, of, of those points. I don't, <laughs> Sorry, I, it doesn't. I went on a. I went on a thing. No, I'm it's sorry. it's fine. To, to 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 your first two points about like him making the movie with like the assumption you're coming in blind, like and 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 um, it only needing to be seen once. That's not a point of negative criticism for me. I don't feel like that's an unrealistic expectation. Fair. That's totally fair. That's totally but fair. To, I don't. I, I like move. I like to see movies twice, and I like to, and especially movies like this. I like to talk about. I want to see multiple times, and I don't like thinking that I'll never be able to get back the. Experience experience of saying it the first time not that yeah. i'm ever gonna fucking watch this movie uh, ever me again. neither me ever. neither in any I circumstance no, no absolutely not um <laughs> something something else i do because we glossed over the end a little bit something else i do want to bring up because um i i held fast to the feminist reading of this and um um when my girlfriend and i were talking about it she brought up the idea it's like well how much she gives away her one point of agency, which I, I think she still does have agency in that she burns down the house. But yeah, if right. any like does does the idea that and, you know, this is me like relating it to it very viscerally as an abusive relationship and the the ego of one member in a relationship destroying the relationship. Does the fact that she willingly gives him the heart at the end destroy any possibility of this being a feminist reading like and the fact that she's happy to do it, does that just totally strip? I mean, because for me, that's essentially the tragic part of it. But I feel like that is that was a, a fairly good point in into where the the like just on the level of uh, just on the human level, the film breaks down. What do you guys think about that last scene? No, I, first off, whoa, because like, I mean, in abusive relationships, the whole point is that it is cyclical without an outside force. Yeah. So like, yeah. like even if, even if she like has a moment of like total self-destruction, which is what it equates to because she destroys the house, which like, is her is right. self-destruction. It's which not. Are, and again, that's more the allegory, of it, but that's what the environmentalism. Yeah. Yeah. The I, allegory came in the end. It was like the only thing earth has to destroy us is. You know, global warming. Basically, that's why it's fire to me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah right. You know. Right. Sorry. Sorry. And no, no, no. I I know because this like this is this is this is this is the thing. There there is yes. like four or five legitimate readings that I think he intends. <laughs> all kind of 
I, I think he intends them. I know. I think he like went into this and had four or five different readings and then stacks them. And then at different times means different readings. I, I do think that. I do think that. That's there's fair. A, and I think that's the issue is that the, like Noah is not nearly as good as this movie, but there's a cleanliness to this that is also in Requiem. And I think that's the thing is like, if you're going to give me this much pain and suffering, you at least need to fucking have a point at the end of it. I, I, I'm not <laughs> like, well, that's I, always, I mean, that's always been my problem with Requiem. It's just like, the point I ever got from Requiem was drugs are bad. You know, like oh, I like, hate Requiem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I do not literal, like Requiem yeah, at all. I agree. That's, that is a problem for Requiem. It's not like there's any, there's no salvation in that movie. Right, yeah. right. Okay. And, and I, like, I in real life, like there is salvation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, I don't okay, know. I'm, I'm glad. It, okay, I thought it was going to be coming into a hot take. But no, not at all. Yeah. That one. No, I, I, I think Requiem, I don't think, I think, I think this is the other thing too, is like, I, you know, I think Aronofsky is good, but like, I do not think that, you know, creating suffering in the way that he does with his films makes him a better filmmaker than say other people. And I don't think, I don't think like, I think he's a good filmmaker. I don't think like he's earned some place in Canon for like making them the way he does. Do you know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah. Particularly Requiem. It's always been a problem. Well, no, I think mother may be. It's mother similarly. Cause like yeah. my favorite is that, is that run of the fountain, the wrestler and black swan. I think all three of those are very black swan uh, is film. black swan is infinitely better than this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and th- there is suffering in those movies, but it is not the sort of like outside, uh, you will never a, watch this again. Kind of movie. There's so know. much accomplishment in black swan that earns the suffering. And I think that's, I think that's the issue with Requiem is Requiem has no goddamn point at the end of it. Like she yeah. lose, <laughs> they all lose. The whole point is that they lose their goals and dreams, uh, and get nothing for it. <laughs> like well, that's the whole point. I, I think the ultimate, my ultimate critique is that uh, Aronofsky made anti-meth ads and they, they're 30 seconds long and give you exactly what Requiem for a Dream did. It's like they're intense and you're like, Jesus, and I won't do meth. All right. She's <laughs> yeah, like, well done. <laughs> there we go. You, you didn't need a whole movie of suffering to get through yes. that. Yeah. Did you see Jared Leto's <laughs> gross arm? Um, I came out uh, of this one, and I'm just saying this to piss you off, Jack. I, I came out of this one thinking, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I know. I'm really, it's really important to me that you're, everyone is just honest with the fact because I sometimes I just feel like that on this podcast. I was like, I know I'm the most verbose and I'm an asshole the most of the time, but sometimes I do feel like points pop up, and I'm like, "That's a that's a that's a fuck you, Jack." Point. Like, <laughs> I came out of this. I, I you haven't let me say it. Yet. I I came out of this movie thinking Mother was probably his masterpiece, like his best film oh, wow. that I've seen. Um, I think Black Swan is my favorite of the ones I've seen. I haven't. I, I didn't know the wrestling. I, I, I could accept that. I could accept an interpretation of this as his best movie, but I would need to see an argument as to why the why it works. Why like all like I guess like that's the thing. It's like I'm not. I'm not I, saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm no. saying I'm confused. I think. <laughs> like, I think. Like, I think. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not passing it. judgment on Mother here. Like I'm very hesitant to do so because like there are so many layers of allegorical material stacked on this oh, movie. You know we're gonna get those articles. I mean that's right, and I'm excited for them. Yeah. But like on on first blush, I'm not gonna say it's his masterpiece. I just like I'm not there. Like I. I agree i enjoyed the watching of it i enjoyed the things i'm just not like strength strangely from just the pure interpretation of his cinematography and the craft that he presented on first blush with my reading of it and the information that i do have from it this is not his masterpiece because black swan is just such a more viewer friendly movie mm. 
I think and, and the best, viewer uh, friendliness is a good thing. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, it is a good thing. Even if it has its classical gross out moment, but if it's if it's just if more of the audience can accept it, that makes it better in my book. I'm sorry, you <laughs> no, reached that's, that's more fine. people. I that's think... the whole point of filmmaking. <laughs> Yeah, but then you don't want to be like M. Night Shyamalan. Um, but oh, like, fuck I think- you! <laughs> that was a low shot. That was a low goddamn shot. It's always, it's always M. Night Shyamalan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's ruined filmmaking for other filmmakers. <laughs> he's, he's made two good films. It's- he just wants to make movies that people will like. Great. Go- okay, yeah, all right. Um, I think the best point... Um, I think I think I think the the best my of the counter arguments you made uh, to me I think the idea that he does the, that he does have what why are you laughing at me <laughs> no you're critiquing my critiques no, I'm totally I'm, good with it Just I'm go. appreciating <laughs> a specific one of your critiques I'm, I'm backing you up I'm agreeing with you that I feel like. The, to an extent, the different readings of these of, of this film are present. It just feels like he's alternating a little bit from one to the other, and isn't they're not layered consistently. And I think right. more than anything that we've talked about, I think I think I think I can I can definitely see that because because it, it and I think specifically when she's talking, I feel like the Michelle Pfeiffer scene, as good as it is, is from a different. It's from a different point movie. of view and has a different point. I think that the Michelle Pfeiffer scene has a different point in the whole vibe of that movie's architecture structure than the scene with like the fucking like the fucking well, like specifically thing. Michelle Pfeiffer like just being like, what kind of woman are you to Jennifer You're Lawrence? Basically, said it. right? Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that and I think that's it's it's troublesome. I think that somebody could convince me that it works, but like it didn't come across. On first blush, maybe I'm just too stupid to understand this movie, and I'll totally admit that. <laughs> I just like I'm not. I know it's not, but like, but like that's the yeah. I don't that's, think you that's know. no, no, no. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think it is either. I think it's your interpretation of a movie. It's our interpretations of a movie. And I think and it's, it's how much you're going to see the allegory. If the allegory totally works for you, or doesn't work for you, or like Trevor, you take a completely different interpretation of the movie versus where I just saw the allegory, and I was like, well, you did that. Okay, that's kind of my reading of the movie. Is like, I guess no, you did it, yeah. but I don't really know what you did. Yeah, you know? and I yeah. think that's the thing is like I think that it needs that second. That's if 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 you're stacking points, like it needs that. I do think that I need that artist interpretation to matter more at the end. Like if this movie got less surreal and had more of like a straightforward Javier Bardem as a murderous poet and it had more interpretation elements, or if it just went down the surreal path to just more surrealism and not like literally there's a murderous crowd. I guess that's the thing. It is not surreal enough actually, because there's just yeah. a murderous crowd of people eating her baby in the basement. Like I don't, right, I don't, right. it's actually not that surreal. A surreal is a pro- improper yeah. term. Like the allegory just gets literal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. and that's and I think that's the thing is you are right. I am confl- that's a good point, Trevor. I am conflating literal and surrealism because like I want it to get surreal, and it, and it does at the very end after she blows up the house. It's more like it goes from being a met- metaphorical to like the metaphors just just become literal. <laughs> like, well, yes. Yes. yeah, yeah, and I think and I think that's the big <laughs> yes. problem, and I think it's the big problem because the quote unquote scene is where it goes off the deep end. The scene, quote unquote no, scene, the quote unquote baby. like the baby murder scene. Oh yeah, and that and that's because it's that is literal, and and yeah. that's the thing. It's also the scene where it's like you know, and, and I think that's the thing is like I think he expects the audience to get the metaphor at that scene, 
and that annoys me because like I had it beforehand mm-hmm. and I think, and I, and I, I feel like, like people got it at Cain and Abel. I think, I feel like Cain and Abel is like really literal for me personally, but like, I, mean, I think the yeah. best argument you can make for, and I know, I know we're like closing this up, but like, I don't, I don't want to like unpack it all over again, but I think the best argument you can make for, even though things are getting really literal and out of control, the way that it stays surreal for me, at least, is that the cinematography, the, the editing is just so freaking excellent that. No, it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back at you a little bit there. Okay, maybe not the cinematography, but like, I, I don't know. Give I think me a the, goddamn wide shot. How about huh? that? <laughs> well, I think no, I'm not, I'm not gonna fight you. I, I get it. It's good. I just like. I understand that it's very purposeful and it creates this, it, we it haven't creates talking, the proper effect. We haven't right. talked about the fact that this, this movie is either perspective, uh, close up of Jennifer Lawrence's face or over her shoulder the entire time. Right. <laughs> like, right. It is we see always, a lot of the back of her head. <laughs> yeah. She's always, it always follows her exactly right on, uh, until like the beginning and the end. Yeah. I mean, I like, I liked that. I feel, I feel like when it shit goes to hell, towards the end like it, it it's so it's it's pleasure it was pleasurably chaotic and disorienting to me and just the lapse of time and how she turns around and all of a sudden everyone has like pieces of the baby after like they just there was no time for them to get all of that you know like it, it just it, it cuts was, in was terms a, of that like was a really that, that crowd was no, they were on it. Yeah, <laughs> like, like broken neck, it's a part. Like, and they like had, like slightly sautéed it. So like, like the time lapse and the. My point is my point is the time lapse and the um the the confusion of that it makes it feel like a dream sequence, and that's that's the only thing I would argue is like it get as it, that it might get a little more surreal as it does get less metaphorical if that makes sense but I, I realize that's not the strongest point to make like i, I was just I, I, like i'm i'm apo- i i i i'm apologizing for this movie a little bit i, I no 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 and that's fair better. and i think that you're right i'm not saying like it is a movie i just think that like it's not like and it, it maybe like a, a point can be made but i just think that it's not working like it's not 1000% working and yeah. and maybe if i took a different interpretation from it it would work. And I think that's the difference is like by my basic allegorical interpretation and as strong as that allegorical interpretation of the Bible is all the way through. And then at the end of it, you're just like, yep, that's the Bible. That sucks. (laughs) And maybe, and maybe that's just like my point at the end. I was like, yeah, the Bible really does kind of suck. Good job. (laughs) You ruined drugs and the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would I would not I would not recommend I would not convince you to rewatch this movie to try to have my perspective and my reading on it. No, I don't think no, it's, it I don't think it's an, worth it. I, like recommending this film as an act of violence upon people. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's, that's tough. That's, that's as strong as he takes this movie. Yeah. That's yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Oh god, we have to score this. Yeah, I know. It, and it is. I, I'll, I'm gonna be straight up. I, I I have no score for this. I mean, I'll give it something, but like, I have no. I don't. My my score is changed by talking about it. So like, when I walked out of the theater, it was an incredibly visceral and emotional experience for me to where I wanted to give it like a high score just for how well it connected with me and the reaction that I had to it. Because like, and that's the thing that Baranovsky said about his movies is like, I just want you to have a strong reaction, and he succeeds. In, in that, at least. Um. I mean, you know, so does the... F- 
you know, the fucking uh, god. So does the human centipede, but like, well, yeah, it's not a good film. And you I, know? I have like unreasonably <laughs> like, like, strong reactions I, I to films that I are just okay. With that. So, I disagree yeah. with that. Like, you know, fucking, you know, a Serbian film has a strong reaction. This doesn't make it anything but a giant piece of shit. Like that's <laughs> I, like <laughs> I have seen an interpretation of a Serbian film, though I don't agree with it. You see a Serbian film? No, I saw I saw a, a video uh, essay on a Serbian film where he, where he tried to you know analyze I, it. I, I can't, I can't. I read the synopsis and that's enough for me. Like that's that's enough. Like yeah, you're fine. I, there's there's two <laughs> films that I've read in my lifetime that like have viscerally made me sick, and like a, cent- a human centipede was one of them. Yeah, uh, it's stupid, and you know, and the jokiness around it is just like stupid to me as well. And a Serbian film is just like. Uh, again, acts of violence upon the audience. I disagree. I feel like you choose joy in your life and that's fine. But like, I don't think for doing, I don't think creating the strongest possible emotional reaction is what's this movie's good for. This movie's good for like the, this movie's good when it's just doing the Michelle Pfeiffer thing. And she's just having this like slow scintillating conversation. Oh, that is good. And then when it goes for that strong baby emotional reaction moment, I'm kind of like, you lost me, bro. Like it's too literal. It's too everything. It's too whatever. Like it, I understand that you're like going after the neon demon and saying, hold my beer, but fuck (laughs) you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. I ripped off movie Bob there. I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) Yeah, he, 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 but no, I, mean, I, agree, I agree with his comparison to the neon demon and saying no, like, Oh, comparison. you're the cool kid now. Like, you know, that's not, it, it is there though. And, it, and I do think there's this like strong desire to be the most extreme. And I feel like this movie was very like slow plotting and perfect until it got there. And it just decided to go to 900. I feel like it could have just gone to 90 and been pretty good. Hmm. So what's your score? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you were setting it up. I just no. I always I, go last, so you're up first, Trevor. All right. Oh, ah, I'm a bitch. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, that's a good point. I mean, if if I were just to score the movie based on like how strong a reaction I had to it, it would be like you know I would have to give Split a high score because I had an irrationally strong reaction to that movie when it, it's just. It's just okay. It's just, it's a perfectly well constructed Shyamalan film, and I just hate M Night Shyamalan with a passion. So that's why I had it. I don't. I don't think Split's that, good. So. I'm sorry. Split <laughs> we'll, is good. We'll agree. We'll agree to disagree with that on that one. Cool. For, cool. Cool. For cool, the, cool. For the time. <laughs> um, it seems to be happening a lot tonight. <laughs> mm, happening. Um, oh my god. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a seven point five. I feel like that's that that. Uh, yeah. So like I did, I had a really strong reaction when I got out of the theater and I like just uh, with my reading of the film, but like thinking about my reading of the film more and discussing it with y'all, I realize I can't really like I, I have I, I think I've made a good attempt to defend it, but uh, I don't really want to that badly, <laughs> like not not that badly. And that kind of is contextualizing it for me and like, yeah, maybe like like it did get me thinking about shit, but uh, I don't know. I th- I think there are probably better movies out there that are like about the egotism of artists and that kind of thing. And maybe I just haven't seen them and I should go watch one of those movies instead. You know what I mean? Like this isn't the only movie that has that as its subject. And maybe that was just like there for me 
for a strong reaction for like that moment, you know? No, I, undoubtedly you choose the thing that re- resonates the most with you. And I think that like, um, I knew, I didn't know about the religious connotation, but the Cain and Abel hit me really hard. And yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, so where's the religiousness? And then like the shot and then slowly, like, I'm like, Oh, and then it gets very literal <laughs> and I'm upset because at, at the midpoint when I'm like after Cain and Abel, I'm like, I'm so smart. And then at the end I'm like, I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a rewarding experience. Is I feel like he does rob the, I feel like the ending robs the audience of their, of it making it a truly contemplative film. Mm-hmm. Like he gives you 80%. He needed to give you like, 60%. Like maybe he should let you figure it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If he was really It'd be less that. literal. It just needs to be yeah. way less literal is all I could say. Yeah. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a 6.5. Uh, it is a movie. <laughs> he did make a movie. <laughs> and that's actually a recommendation. I mean, it's a well-crafted piece of film. Like there's no there's no denying that <laughs> no one else but him could have made this film and that has value in of, of itself. Yeah. Uh there's no denying that anyone else could have like done this thing. Uh <laughs> and there's no denying that there's a lot of shit at play, but like it falls <laughs> apart for me and it doesn't it doesn't deli- it doesn't it doesn't ensure that the audience takes away a point and like has that point and it's like you know it's like i understand creating but at some point you know you do like an artist has to have a point in their heart at least that they want the audience to take and i feel like he's like i just want people to run away with a grab bag of ideas and then i'm gonna make the allegory of religion very strong like it is the bible but like there isn't it is both the bible very strongly and then there's no literal secondary interpretation and i think that is not uh, that's not great. Like it's, you know, it has no point and yet is so poignant. And that's, it, it's creating, it's creating a confusing trap of ideas. And I think that's, it's, it's just, it's not that it's, it's just, it's, it's not that it's too far in terms of ex- its extremity. It's too far in terms of it's like, of its take on the allegory. I wanted to either, it, it just needed to go and it just needed to go somewhere else from where it ended. <laughs> not from like, it could have been even more bloody, gory and violent, but it just needed to not be, you know, it needed to not literally depict the, the, you know, communion in that way. Like it just, it just didn't need to go that on the nose. Ben, I don't know right. why I scored it. I, I, I'm All sorry. Right. No, I like funny. had to. I had to like force it out like a poop. It's okay. It's okay. You're on a roll. You're on a roll. I didn't want to stop you. Um, yeah, I think I'll give it a six out of ten. Good night, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad. I'm really glad. I figured you were being quiet and letting me talk, so I assumed you were probably more. In, sorry, let me go, Ben. Yeah, no, no, you, you, you summed up a lot of my problems with it pretty well. Um, uh. Yeah, I will give it a six out of ten. Again, like you said, it's it's a blank check kind of movie, and I always will appreciate those. Uh, it's it's the kind of movie you can only make when you made uh, Black Swan, uh, you know, um, and made a bunch of money, and now you can make uh, no money. <laughs> it's fine. And Paramount, <laughs> Paramount came out and said You're, we're not going to make money, but it's okay, you know. Like I appreciate that Paramount said that, you know, and it's nice to see these kinds of movies that do are challenging. That said, I don't have to like them just because they're challenging, you know. Um, and uh, I don't think necessarily they have to be respected just because they're challenging. That doesn't, you know, mean either way. But you know, it matters what the content of the movie is and what your goal is. And uh, if your goal is just a shock, which I think this is why 
Ooh, it's tough. It's tough for me to like rank it in the Aronofsky's because it's like definitely above Noah for me. But like like you said, because it's even though Noah has more structure, Noah also equally is like, well, we just did Noah story. Okay, bye everyone. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, this did sort of felt like it was leading towards an interesting point, but again, it was it was it was it was a big sandwich. It was a big, you know, you can't have a sandwich with salmon and hamburger. And chicken and pizza, <laughs> you know, like it's a it's a big sandwich, and and I understand why some people love a big bloated sandwich like that with a lot of allegory and a lot of symbolism and a lot of things that right in your face. But uh, I think I just prefer for a subtler film, um, and uh, it's and it's tough too to even say if it's worth watching. I don't know. Um, I think it's a film that you'll find one way or another if you uh, are going to see it inevitably. But it's definitely a film that I've heard some people have such visual reactions to that it can't necessarily be like, check it out. Um, and I'm just kind of spinning my wheels at this point, I guess. <laughs> I, think I'll just I got slow, you. Slow no, I, I, I'm, just, I'm the same thing. I think it's, I think it's like, it's like, it is, it is a thing. Yes. Yeah, it's a film. <laughs> it is a film. Yes, it 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 is it is made on film paper, and it yeah. spins and it makes well, an image, and you have sound sync to it. Uh, and Aronofsky's one of those artists, uh, you know. He's, he's one of those. You guys artists, are being really. So I'm going to see every movie he makes, even if they're movies I may never want to see again. You know, like he's yeah, and that's he's enough. At least that's enough of a. And yeah, I'll take yeah. him he's, over he's, a, uh, I don't know, uh, who's, like, born Joel Schumacher. You know what I mean? Like, I'll you take ball. him over. <laughs> That's a comparison. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Aronofskis and less Joel Schumachers. I don't know, man. I, I, if, if, you gave me two Aronofskis, if you gave me two Aronofsky films a year, I'd probably be like, we need less of this. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like we have the perfect amount of Aronofsky. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, one every, like, three, four years. It's like... Enough time to settle. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You, I'm glad. I'm glad he exists. But like, I don't need an, any more of these movies. And I think it's like, hey, it's do, like, you, <laughs> do you guys like The Fountain? Yeah, I still haven't seen The Fountain. I need. To, I need to watch it. I, I we should watch it because I, I like I never it. I like it better. I how, how this, Trevor? I like it better than this movie. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I I, bet I, I'll I saw like it a long time movie. ago, and I I thought I liked it, but I I. I barely remember it, so I need to rewatch it. It's been a long time. Mm. Okay, I like it. I I don't think I think it's I think Black Swan is better. Again, Black Swan's a crowd pleasing movie. I I feel bad saying the wrestler since it's the least Aronofsky movie, but I just really like the wrestler. Yeah. Oh yeah, wrestlers. (laughs) Wrestlers more crowd pleasing than the than Black Swan definitely. Yeah, I don't um, think Black Swan is particularly crowd pleasing. It's still Aronofsky enough that you come away from like, oh, damn, that was yeah, like, yeah, but like, like I, it works. It's like it's like it's like the watered down version of Aronofsky, and this is the least watered down version of Aronofsky. Yeah, um, I'm is, very comfortable. Like this is like this and Requiem are like the most a, like just suffering as literalism. Twenty one year old. Dry <laughs> Scotch Aronofsky. This is yeah. <laughs> smoky, loggable, and Aronofsky. It's yeah, intense. And and uh, and the fountain and Black Swan and the wrestler are like the mixed cont- like the mixed cocktail. Yeah. Aronofsky. Has all y'all's <laughs> metaphors come back to food or drinks? <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's because we're alcoholics. Um, yeah. <laughs> from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Ben Haworth. Talk to y'all later. 
Trevor Flynn. Alfie Zane. And if I, I, if I've been, I have been your host, Jack Newman. I'm very confused. I want to go to Jack's, bed now. Jack is, is in an existential crisis now. Yeah, a little bit. Jack's I, ready I, for some Kingsman. He's ready I, for I some know. Nonsense. Like Kingsman is going to get such a fucking bump after the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. like it is. It just absolutely is. It absolutely like I, like straight up. It's going to get like a three point bump from just not being about murderous clowns or God. Like that's <laughs> that's all I can say. Just like just like blow some shit up and like just be Jack's, like a little yeah he's gonna turn off his brain he's gonna be just like and, and it's gonna, be, gun it's and gonna be, shoot and it was good it was or yeah he, he like you know colin firth came out that he had an umbrella that blocked bullets doesn't make any sense just but fuck it <laughs> who gives a fuck it's <laughs> jennifer lawrence's heart wasn't ripped out at the end of it <laughs> they didn't need a baby <laughs> Also, I wanted to say just off the record, like I went to a like I, I like saw this movie and then went to a wedding, oh, and boy. like I, it, it was like so fucking surreal to me. Like I was like I found myself as I was like I mean as long as he doesn't eat the baby, they'll have a good marriage. <laughs> like like it's just it was so goddamn surreal because they were like you know they were reading off vows and stuff, and I was like. Oh, it's probably <laughs> going to be okay. And then, like, they talked about God and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, I wonder if Harvey R. Bardem is the third person in their marriage." <laughs> Sorry, I, I, had, uh, I had very apocalyptic dreams that were pretty, uh, pretty intense after this movie. Lots of crowds and big spires and godly imagery. It was, it was, a, it was, it was solid. It was solid. I think <laughs> the, the funniest line in this movie is when she's like, yeah, I'm going to go prepare for the apocalypse. Then the apocalypse happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was his one give to the audience in this, in this whole film was that line. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I also loved, I love, I love the flood too. I thought that was funny. I didn't get that. I <laughs> loved it once I get did. Off her the... sink. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, I, we're done. We're, we're done. done. We're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> there are no more one things that I'll say from everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast. Thanks for listening. Head on over to the TuscanShed.com and TuscanShed backslash supporters. Check out all our podcasts and you can find a myriad number of ways to support us. Please go do so. From everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, I think this is the fourth time I've thanked you. But again, thanks. All right.